Welcome into TFW Live, the best kept secret in fantasy football, where we keep that week one feeling going all year long. I'm Austin Sear and joined here by one of my best friends, Big Travi. And of course, a warm welcome here to you, Whisper Nation, Scott, Albert, Freak Stomper, Calvin Brown. It's so good to see you. So good to see you, Travis. Of course, I'd ask you how you're doing, but I got more of the intro to get through here. If you <laughs> love fantasy football and would enjoy joining a community where you know that you belong, go ahead, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We are trying to get just one more subscriber on this stream. Just one more could be you. And if you are new, let us know where you're streaming in from. We'd love to shout you out on the show. Travis, how are you doing, though? How you feeling I'm doing great, okay. man. Well rested. Got a full night's sleep, finally, uh, after not getting one in uh, this weekend. But I'm feeling great, man. Excited. All this training camp news is pouring in. Uh, I'll, I'll be at it. Not all of it's news, but it's a lot of fun, man. I'm ready to It rock. is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And, Travis, I know you're referencing the mock draft marathon. We just got off of 24 straight hours of mock drafting Saturday morning through Sunday morning. We're back at it and very, very excited to be back at it with Jake Seeley from The Athletic. Let's go ahead and bring him on. Welcome to the show, Jake. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm glad you're getting sleep in now because once August hits, uh, check back in February when I get some sleep again. Yeah, there you go. Team no sleep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show, Jake. We do a quick round robin of questions or a rapid fire set of questions. Just so Whisper Nation can get to know you a little bit better before we jump into our 12 team PPR mock draft. You okay to hit some of these questions, Jake? Yeah, I'm good. Do I have to answer in a whisper, though? <laughs> it's up to you. It's, it's up on to you. Brand. We put no limitations on you. Okay. Fly, <laughs> baby, fly. <laughs> Do you root for you? I like that. I like that word. But is that, is that a real word you just made up? Which limitations? one? Limitations. Limitations. Limits. We don't know what that means. Or what is that? Limitations. Yeah, limitations, limitations is a word, Jake. <laughs> he knows none of them. I love that. <laughs> Jake, do you root for your NFL team or your fantasy team more? Hmm, that's a good question. I I think it depends. Well, so fantasy team, unless it has to do with my NFL team. So NFL team, uh, really, because I still want to see the Giants win. But it, it just it makes doing this as long as you've been doing it, it kind of makes you a little bit indifferent to the. I, I don't feel as bad when they lose. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I, I used to yeah. get a lot more upset, but I don't these days. Fair enough. Numb what? To it. You, no. Yeah. Right. You have to be. It, it becomes a survival mechanism. At some point. (laughs) What year did you start playing fantasy football, Jake? Uh, We'll say, you're going to make me date myself here. So we'll just say. um, Last week. Yeah, last week. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) super, super quick, super quick on the fantasy expert level things. Bro, you're a savant. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that the year started with a nine. How about that? There we go. Okay. You, you can speculate. You can speculate after that. Favorite fantasy player all time, whether he was in your timeline or outwards, because I know you're a student of the game. Mm, so I actually very favorite and specific year, Marshall Falk 2000. Uh, so I was a Marshall Falk guy. Uh, people that might not have remembered or played around that time, he was kind of what we want our pass catching running backs and all around running backs to be on one of the greatest teams of all time, offensively for fantasy purposes. I mean, you just draft the Rams offense back then, and you're, you're pretty much good. So, although that might be true again, but point would be like that one year, Marshall Falk. Like I, I was, I was high on Marshall Falk for quite a few years, so I had him on a, quite a few spots in 2000. That was a fun year in 2000. I love that answer. First one we've gotten that as well. On the other side of it, a fantasy football player that's burned you the hardest, or a least favorite one. 
If anybody watching this show right now has seen me through my career, then they know C.J. Anderson when he was alongside mm. of Peyton Manning. I was one of the people champion C.J. Anderson to be a first-round pick because no every Sean running Marino. back, yeah, every no running back next to Peyton Manning, have been amazing. So I was on the seat. I'll I'll say this though for everybody that hates me for it. This is proof that you can tank your first two rounds and still win a league. The flex leagues. I, I started C.J. Anderson and Justin Forsett that year. C.J. Anderson sucked. Forsett got hurt and lost his job, and I still won the league that year. So you can still come out of it. it uh, you could. It's more than just the draft. Sometimes the best lessons come from the most painful losses. So way to bring that one around there. And just on that, Noshan Moreno was one of my favorites because my partner was like in the 15th round. She's like, draft Noshan. You don't know who's really going to be the number one. Get him. Get him. So, uh, yeah, I, I understand that one. Do you have a favorite fantasy football team name? Oh, team name? Mm-hmm. No, see, I see. I just go with the all in kit if it's so. I just I play in so many leagues where I have to use yeah. my team name. Or, Come here, so you can, so you guys can see what I'm doing. I'm feeding my dog. That won't get into the <laughs> screenshot here. Come here, Barkley. There you go. Oh, so, so, yeah. so Barkley's the chicken for a dog. Barkley. I know it's a play on words, and it's Saquon Barkley. Yeah. How good on Twitter can that cat? Uh, yeah. So it's mostly all in kid or that. I, I'm trying to think. I, I was one of the people that played with the the one year of it hurts when when Eifert it hurts and Eifert. I so I fart <laughs> like yeah. I did that one time, but mostly <laughs> mostly it just ends up being all in kid. I like how you had to explain to us I fart. You know, you get it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That one year we Jake. cared about Tyler Eifert. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Jake, what does all in kid represent for those that don't know? So when uh, I, I actually play a lot of poker and mm-hmm. back in the day in that around that same time, early 2000s, I hung out with a bunch of guys who did a radio shows, alternative radio show here in Norfolk slash Virginia Beach. And that's when I first started playing poker. And when you first start playing poker, what do you think you're supposed to do, whether or not you're bluffing and you just keep going all in when it's no mm-hmm. limit? So we were playing a tournament one Saturday afternoon, and everybody has nicknames. I have one yet. And at one point, this guy named Don Hohos, after getting annoyed with me doing it for like the 15th time, went, damn, all in, kid. And then it just stuck. And that's 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 a great. I love that stick on the story there. Damn, all in, kid. That's yep. That is so good. That's where it came from. You have a favorite swear word. (laughs) Uh, Because I try to censor myself. Um, I, I, well, so instead of saying he went blank crazy, like, so like ape blank ape, mm-hmm. I say ape nuts instead of ape. Okay. So ape, like nuts. Went, ape nuts. He went ape nuts. <laughs> I have to censor myself on all these shows. Like I can occasionally drop one in there, but I, well, I on this show, have, you don't have to show, censor yourself. So you don't have to censor just, yourself. No, no, you're good. Whatever you feel comfortable with, it is fair game. What's the most <laughs> leagues you played in at one time, Jake? Oh my God, does that include best ball? No, because that's a we, whole. Yeah. No, we've, okay. got, we've had best ball out. There's too many yeah. sickos. Yeah, because yeah, because best ball doesn't really because you just draft and you're done. So yeah, right. the highest I ever got to in season management, I think, was in the low twenties, somewhere around okay. 22, 23. Okay. And, and how about the most? Ex- I don't remember half them. <laughs> We do our best. How about the most exciting fantasy football moment you can remember? Oh, I'm so glad you asked this question. Also, if people follow me, they already know this answer and where it's going. So 
if you know me, you know band kickers, and you know that they are a blight on the fantasy world and should be eliminated and banned from everything, including real football. Football, real football would be better with no kickers. But I am so anti kickers that I joined an industry league not knowing they had kickers in it. Okay. And I found out during the draft, I refused to draft a kicker, and then I played the entire year with no kicker. I left that spot empty the entire year. It came down to the Raiders and the Broncos on Monday Night Football for the championship when people remember this was Deshaun Hamilton year. And I went into Monday Night Football down by 18 points with Deshaun Hamilton and the Broncos defense. And everybody said, go pick up a kicker. And I said, nope, I will finish in second place with no kicker or I'll win the league with no kicker. I am leaving the spot empty. I refuse. And Deshaun Hamilton had an enormous game. And I won, and I had a Deshaun Hamilton jersey just because oh of it. It was a special God. place in the heart. And I won by like three or four points on Monday Night Football with no kicker the entire year. I lost one game all year long with no kicker. Man with real conviction. That is the best story I think we've gotten to that question. And it's a pretty <laughs> loaded question, too. We've had some strong responses. I freaking yeah. love that. Way to, way to stick to your guns. Favorite game day beverage, Jake? Mm, so I don't drink. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, people are like shocked by that. Uh, so I would say this is good. I don't even know if most people know what this is. Amino energy, because it's zero calories because it's fake sugar. But amino energy, it's an energy drink. But the strawberry, because it tastes like star- strawberry Starburst in a can. And everybody knows I love my candy. Ooh, okay. So right. amino energy, strawberry. I need a sponsorship. I have like cases of it sitting <laughs> on my sh- Like people tell me like I look like I should be a GNC or something like that back there. But yes, love that. I love it. Favorite are boneless or bone-in wings slash chicken oh, bone nuggets? bone-in. Bone-in. There we go. Okay. Yeah, they're boneless. Are, you just said it. They're chicken nuggets. You get out of it. It's just I've, We've gotten bit pretty hard. Like, we were a bone-in wing when we've asked that, and people are like, that's not even a wing. So that was the first time I actually <laughs> curved the language. Well, Appreciate yeah, they're not, the yeah, they're that. not technically wings. And I used to be a leg, the, well, the leg-ish looking part. I used to, and I switched the flats. No, I like flats I think, more now. Good. The flats are the intellectual choice. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 Absolutely. the one there. We've had a couple of people come just, in with some emotion on that too. Kickoff is in two minutes, Jake. You're still deciding your flex in your favorite league. Do you go with your gut or your weekly rankings? So I go with my gut, which are my weekly rankings, but I also <laughs> I don't wait till two minutes. So ha ha. I never found myself in that position. There we go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Last question, Jake. What is your favorite position to draft from in 2022? Hmm. I say three or four. That's why I picked three or four this year. I haven't actually. I've done so many mocks, and I keep ending up with like five through eight this year. And I'm like, no, screw it. I'm getting three or four because it kind of takes the decision out of my hand. Like Jonathan Taylor's going first, but there's about two or three players that I could see being the next pick. I want the last one. Just make the decision for me, and then I get a you know, a nice turnaround at the end of two, three again. And let's be honest. Like there's been the studies. Usually the top end of the draft is weighted. It's a small percentage, but it's a little bit more favored towards the top end of the draft than the mm-hmm. back end of the draft. Although you can win from any spot. I always say that. Well, there we go. And you did get that third spot in our 12 team PPR mock draft. Travis, are we ready to get this thing going? Let's do it. Fire it up. All right. We got Don Flick, the one and only Donnie Tubbs. 
Our producer yes, extraordinaire, sir. a man who helped the mock draft marathon rise Doctor. to the next level. <laughs> Love you, my dude. Thank you for being in this one. We got Troy all in kid in three. Albert in the four spot. Broke Cal in five. Pizza Belly in the six. Travi in the seven. K Nighter in the eight. We got classic Mike. Good to have you back with us, Mike. Classic. Jordo in the 10. We got Nemo Torres in the 11. Yours, yours in one and truly here in the 12 spot, rounding them out going with Smitty's suggestion here on this one okay so jake you ended up getting derrick henry yeah i've seen a lot of people been poo-pooing his name i'm personally yes. a derrick henry fan travi acquired derrick henry from me in our dynasty league i know he's a fan of derrick henry can can you explain a little bit why you took him there in the third spot i'll tell you simply enough last year as great as the season that jonathan taylor had derrick henry over a point and a half per game more than Jonathan Taylor. Uh, yep. if, for the fact that if you want to play the injury game, I don't care. I'm not saying you're stupid to play it. Like, if you want to say injuries and I'm off of him, then you're off Christian McCaffrey, you're off Saquon Barkey, off all the red. Like, I understand it. Uh, but what it comes down to is the gap is even wider in full PPR than it is in half point PPR that how good Derrick Henry is. They're not going to change what they're doing. And he doesn't have the workload most people perceive him to have because people forget those first two years. He shared so much with Deion Lewis and DeMarco Murray that he doesn't have like seven years of this workload. So I'm all for Derrick Henry could finish his number one running back. Yeah. And it, like, how long was he the leading rusher after he was injured still too? like, or, or at least for weeks? Yeah. It was like ridiculous. So I'm with you on that one, Jake. And I just think it's, it's ridiculous. I, he is built different. We have to like, that has to be attributed in. And, you know, I, I think, we're swinging for upside there too in the first round anyways. So all things e equal, he's probably going to dominate. Sorry about that noise. My cat jumped up <laughs> and I, I blocked him. I was moving the mic and I blocked him from jumping up and I, and I felt so bad. Meshack. Oh, he's okay. He's good. He's good. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> Almost made you miss your pick, dude. Cat, Almost did. Did That's what he was trying yeah, to do. Caution. That's he's probably one of these. He probably entered the draft. Oh, he's God. one of these. <laughs> yeah, if he did, he'd uh, he only he he only drafts he only drafts Bengals lines and Jaguars players though. So. Yeah. That's funny. Are those all the cats in the NFL? That was pretty quick to fire those off. That, I, that I, if I, I might Austin's be missing one, I'm trying to make this uh, team name for the longest time. That's uh, Lions, Tigers, and Bears. Oh my! But he's never had all three like players on on his team at the same time to make it. No, I haven't. But I, I always anytime I see somebody. Anytime I see somebody who's got him, I'm always like, you got to make your team them this. Oh, Panthers. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. There you go. I was just firing off another one. There's probably another one. Too. Wow. I really thought uh, Barkley was going to make it back to me. I just got a little bit, you know, can you talk to me a little bit about Saquon Barkley? You're you're excited about him then? You're, you're buying the hype? Here's what it comes down to. Well, there, there's two things. First, let's start with Brian Dable. Why are everybody out there saying like, oh, Brian Dable is going to fix Daniel Jones and not talk about with Saquon Barkley? Like, like he's not going to bring Saquon Barkley back to being Barkley with a much improved offensive line. But let's the real thing about Barkley in his own right is what it comes down to is last year. Everybody said, let's wait till the end of September, October. And he'll get, you know, that's when you have to wait for because he's not going to be 100 percent for week one. We get to week three and people are like, ooh. He's looking like he might be 100. And then week four rolls around. They're like, oh, my God, Saquon Barkley's back. Everybody get excited. And then freak injury rolls his ankle, and he never comes back 100% from that after that. So I don't get – put it this way. It goes back to what I said about Henry McCaffrey. If you're in with these guys, why are you not in with Saquon Barkley as well? So 
That's where I'm going. And now I am on the board. So what are you thinking? Hold on. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I'm going to take the value here. I know I'm overdrafting him, but it's my Cam Akers. Talk about. Ooh. So, <laughs> who did the wow? Was that in my head? My that, 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 that was me. That was me. Oh. It, oh, it might have been the wow. Was it like that? Yeah, you might have yeah. to turn the. I, I had a bit more up. of an ooh. I had I had a bit more of an ooh. So yeah, the, the wow. Yeah, that comes Is that from, from the from the sleeper. draft thing. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I think yeah. if you go a little bit ahead on them, they hit you with those charming sound effects. Oh, okay. We just love them. We just love them so much too. We we just keep forgetting to leave the mute off on that on the stream. Maybe one day we'll do it on our side. But we heard Cam Akers. I love to I love to hear somebody excited about cam Akers here do you think that his early appearance last year in last year's playoffs with a bit of a disappointing production level was simply a rush back from that achilles and now he's had enough time to rehab and now you're getting a legitimately good starting running back for one of the top offenses in the nfl how you're excited about Akers? you drafted him what do you think he's going to do this so, year here's what it's going to come down to is i preach this every single year follow either listen slash read to what the teams are telling you. What did the Rams tell us? Go back to last year. You watch what happened. He comes back from a freak or from a freak. He comes like back like a freak, like injury. You're not supposed to come back that fast from an Achilles injury. And he did. He did. And people talk about, oh, you're an average three yards per carry. Well, look at some of the teams he faced. Here's what I told you, what the teams told us. They gave him bell cow work coming off said injury when you're not supposed to come back from that injury and in the playoffs in Super Bowl, they gave him bell cow work. The Rams want Cam Akers to be yeah. their bell cow. That was with Daryl Henderson, with Sony Michelle. They had all these options, and they still said, you know what? He's our bell cow coming off an injury. At the time we need him the most, we're still going to do it. There's no reason not to be team Cam Akers this year. Yeah, and I think even if you think like his productivity or efficiency goes down, I, I don't know if it's going to matter if he's just going to fall in for a ton of touchdowns on that offense. Like they should live in scoring range. So I think there's plenty of outs for him, even if he's not like good. Uh, but I think with another year, you know, a full offseason, he should, you know, we should see a lot. I mean, there's not a lot of data out there to prove that on the Achilles, but again, he's young, he's athletic, he's been yeah. working on it. I like those points too. Travi, can you talk to me a little about your build? Dude, I'm kind of loving it. It's, It's got some firepower to it. Jamar Chase, Aaron Jones, perennial RB1, who's in for the most amount of targets he's probably ever seen in his career. And then A.J. Brown, who's just like the most effective receiver we've got. Who yeah, we'll be see looking how at a better role. We'll see. We'll see how the RB core works out. I just know that I kind of want A.J. Brown if I can take him as my wide receiver too, and that's the case here. Um, and so we'll just see what happens with – running back but i think aaron jones especially in a ppr should kill it i mean if we're looking at who's going to be the number one receiving option why not aaron jones he's the trusty uh trusty sidekick for aaron Rodgers that's left right now and obviously we all know the split seven games without Devonte, all the targets in the world for aaron jones um so I, i'm i'm in on aaron jones i'm in on both backs to be honest Jake, I was wondering if you could share a little bit of insight or some expectations for the pass catching group in 
Green Bay. We spent a lot of time on this show and other fantasy shows talking specifically about the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver core. Is it going to be Juju? Is, is MVS's positive camp reports really mean anything? Does Mecole Hardman's chemistry mean anything? Is Sky Moore really this going to be this rookie? Spent a lot of time on that. I see us not spending a lot of time, though, talking about the Packers, who just had also had a primetime receiver go to another team in Devontae Adams with a ton of vacated targets left. We got the back-to-back MVP in Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be looking for a new set of hands to throw the ball or maybe multiple set of hands. Who do you think or whom do you think is going to be the biggest set of beneficiaries in Green Bay catching the football? So I think the obvious easy answer should be who's the incumbent and who actually has produced numbers here is Alan mm-hmm. Zard. I, I mm-hmm. think that there's a question of whether or not does that turn into top 20 versus Alan Lazard just being an improved Alan Lazard. But I'm team Alan Lazard here and thinking that it can be. The other piece is a Christian Watson. I'm not expecting a ton because if you look at where he is rawness wise, uh, that's a little bit of my concern right there. Let me make my pick real mm-hmm. quick. Uh, somebody, I don't understand the hate for this guy, but I'm going to go ahead and take him right here. Uh, but yeah, we thank you. To- <laughs> I'm, I'm with <laughs> you. <laughs> another, another one. I don't have three running backs, but hey, whatever. Uh, Christian Watson, like I said, I, I think he could be more 2023 and beyond. But mm-hmm. we've seen this before with these type of raw wide receivers. If he makes an impact in the second half of the season, I could see it too. But I think this is more going to be similar to what we saw tom brady's patriots for a couple seasons that's what we're getting with aaron Rodgers. it's going to be production by committee like the entire group is going to be involved and alan lazard for me could separate from the pack uh if watkins can stay healthy i would put the odds in him being number two but also also very little guaranteed money he might not be on the roster week one there's no guarantee that he's even there so yeah I, i'm going lazard but the good thing about it is no matter who you take right now at cost, they're all decent values because yeah. if it, if two of them finish top 35, where they're going at cost, there's no problem. And I, I see some of the Will Fuller comments. And I think that's sure, but I'm not going to. Can we stop with Will Fuller? Like, are we just going to play this game again? <laughs> I, can we repla- let's, let's actually take out Will Fuller and replace that name with Julio Jones. <laughs> it's, I say if anybody's going to resurrect their career at this point, and yeah, I could see that as well. I just got two yeah. guys I, I love the hate for because I love getting the value of Gibson and Cooper. I don't understand. I, I, I'm a supporter of Antonio Gibson. This guy has only been an RB1 in his two years, despite last year having a fractured shin that was supposed to keep him out of the game. It didn't. Ron Rivera kept going to him. He wasn't bad. He still didn't get the pass catching work. J.D. McKissick kept swooping that up. And still, Antonio Gibson was a back-end RB1 in most formats there. I'm not concerned. I'm a little concerned about the Brian Robinson in the goal line situation. I heard somebody say that if my halfback's not catching passes and not scoring touchdowns, they're probably not scoring many points. And I think there's a lot of truth to that, but I don't think we can make that death sentence for Antonio Gibson just because uh, a running back was drafted in in day three or four or whatever, wherever Brian Robinson ended up getting pulled from. Yeah, if Gibson misses time, I think they turn to Brian Robinson because it's not going to be McKissick. And sure, the concern of the goal line touches because of the fumbling and inconsistency he's had, I think that's warranted, but you still have to get unseated. I mean, if you look at last year, too, even going through the injuries of one of seven, if I remember, six, seven, eight, somewhere around there of the running backs that had 300 touches last year, and he was one of them. And people Mm -hmm. didn't even realize he touched the ball so many times last year despite being hurt for a good portion, portion of it. Yeah. Oh, 
Jake, I just want to know, like, how scared are you? You got three running backs here, and none of them catch passes so far. So we're PPR. No, no fear, huh? No fear at all. All in, baby. Talked about Derrick Henry and Cam Akers <laughs> does catch. Does yeah, yeah. Cam Akers. Just, uh, the LA just hasn't done it the last couple of years, right? They've been like bottom bottom half of the league in targets to the running back. Maybe that's because of Cam Akers' health. Obviously, with him on the on the field, maybe he demands some more targets. Yeah, and if you look at last year too, if, if, yeah. Gibson even and I know that was with no JD McKissick but he caught his decent chuck I don't need all of my running backs to score you know half their production I just and well actually you know what go back to it I said it already Derrick Henry outscored Jonathan Taylor by a larger margin in right. PPR than he did in half point PPR right so it doesn't always come down to receptions there's a for everybody out there even going from non to full PPR isn't it big as a gap as people make it out to be it's usually the extremes the outliers like a McKissick or in the inverse, somebody like Derrick Henry, like you have to see extremes for that to make like a huge difference. Yeah. A touchdown is worth six points. You got to catch 12 passes, you know, to catch up to that. Like if I can get a guy who's going to be scoring me touchdowns, I'm fine taking that over a guy who's going to have some mid-level pass catching duties involved. I, I agree with you. I think that's an excellent point to make. And I don't think it honestly gets made enough. I'm, I'm going back to our dynasty startup draft. It's a half point PPR, just like this one, or this is a full point PPR. It's a half point PPR over there. And like Derek Henry in our startup, he got faded a lot later than I think he should have. And I gladly swooped him up and, and there you go with that work. So I think it's a great point to make about just don't let the half point PPR stat scare you from guys who do most of their damage on the ground. I was hoping you could speak a little bit on, and I'm going to catch you right as your pick is coming up here, Jake, but if you could talk a little on the guy you did take there in the fifth round with Amari Cooper, I don't hear a lot of people talk about Amari Cooper. And again, this is just a model of consistency. This guy gets a thousand yards, whatever team he's on, whoever quarterback he's got, there's not really any competition for Amari Cooper currently. And if it is Deshaun Watson, sure, that gives him a bump from the pass catching perspective. But again, he's done work regardless of its Brissett exactly. or they pick up someone else. Why is Cooper getting slept on so dang hard? Because they're tired of him of what he should be. I think that's the thing is like everybody got frustrated for year and year and year out. It's just, oh my gosh, what is he going to be? you know, the top 10 wide receiver. And it's just, and he had been, he's been fringe wide receiver one throughout his career at different times, including with Dallas and click go all the way back to when Derek Carr made uh, him and Crabtree, both top 15, 16 wide receivers that year. Mm -hmm. So I think there's it's volume. Who else is catching passes on this team? And honestly, I know people are scared about if the fact, if it's no Watson for the entire year, but guess what? In my opinion, that's actually better for the volume Ooh. that Cooper is going to see because here's why. The volume. I said the volume, not the touchdown mm-hmm. outside, sure, the sure, volume. Sure, sure. <laughs> because the problem here is what do we know about Bursette? He's not throwing it downfield. He can't even complete 10 yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. So what are you looking at here is where does Donovan Peoples-Jones go? Downfield. Who's David Bell? Bigger play wide receiver. Cooper just fits. Cooper fits no matter who the quarterback is. Yes, I would prefer Watson, but I think there's going to see more percentage. Like, I could see him falling into the 22 to 24% range with Watson. I think this Brissett, he kind of climbs into the upper 20s and is one of the most highly volume percentage-wise. Again, I think that hurts his touchdown upside, but I'm okay with him no matter who the quarterback is. Mm. Yeah, I think he's right in the Brandon Cooks mold of just a guy that consistently produces and is going to be like the main. Yeah, right, Mm -hmm. exactly. So it's like every year. Yeah, that's it. And then I think in this format, too, PPR, like you said, maybe the touchdown upside isn't there, but should gobble up a ton of, of looks no matter who the quarterback is. But I, we're all 
I'm just amazed at the way you transitioned there. He said, why are people sleeping on him? You said, because they're tired. Look, that's mm, it. They're tired that's a, that was what a pro, Jake. That was awesome. <laughs> you like that? That, was that, that, that one wasn't even intentional, too. I, I, I couldn't tell, man. <laughs> Oh, I'm taking. I'm gonna take. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna do it here as my. F- yeah, I'm gonna strengthen my strengths on this one. I'm gonna take Rashad Penny. Do you have any takes here? How are you feeling about the Seattle backfield right now? Obviously, a hot topic. Rashad Penny, Ken Walker, you know, whoever else they end up bringing in. What do you think about that backfield this year? Uh, it's one that at cost I'm okay with, but I'm generally not enamored with because I think you could see a very fifty-fifty split, but not necessarily like people are thinking like Denver who Melvin Gordon just went off the board, where they're involved in the passing game. I think you're going to see Ken Walker very much first, second down, goal line, heavy carries, very little passing game. He's basically discount Derrick Henry. And then Mm. on the flip side, Rashad Penny, who everybody knows that everybody came for me last year. Like, he's finally producing because of Rashad Penny from day one. I I love Rashad Penny. Now, where's Johnny today? Yeah. (laughs) He he loved Rashad Penny so much. He, He just says really quick, he took him... Five picks his rookie year ahead of me in our league of record draft. I ended up picking up Chris Carson five picks <laughs> later. And Johnny was like, you don't know what you're doing, bro. This guy is the new hotness. And I was like, well, I'll take the current guy leading the depth chart. And then, you know, all the injuries to follow. So it just took all those years for him to finally get there. But yeah, like, Seattle knows you don't want to get like Penny could be if he could stay healthy. One of the best backs. We just saw it last year during that stretch. He was one of the best in the league, but Staying healthy, you have a nice committee with Ken Walker, who probably replaces Chris Carson because Chris Carson might not play football again. We don't know. I mean, we could surprise everybody, but I don't think you make that Ken Walker pick if you think Chris Carson's back. But the problem is, one of the worst offenses in the league, one of the worst offensive lines in the league, one of the worst quarterback situations in the league. So where's the touchdown upside? Mm. In a full-point PPR, I might lean a little bit towards Penny and especially because mm. I want the person involved in the passing game and versus the one who's not because now you would just had that whole conversation about you know banking on touchdown upside with Derrick Henry and the ones that don't catch as much and by the way Albert just took my quarterback that I'm getting in almost all my mm, drafts so jam yeah. this, this quarterback's been slipping they've been falling that's yeah, a jerk face um but anyway, <laughs> so I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm about to get that sound I think from the draft let's see <laughs> Oh, I didn't get it. I didn't get that. Mm. So but the, what it comes down to is the lower score. I think that Ken Walker and P- Penny are both mid-high RB3s. It's just I, there's okay. going to be very little scoring in that team. Yeah, that's a good point to make. Travi, you took Kyler Murray. I had been thinking about him. I think we have to bring up and discuss for a little bit the qualification we saw come out in Kyler Murray's new extension. His contract, Mondo contract for Kyler Murray, second highest paid quarterback in the NFL now, said contract comes with a clause that he has to engage in four hours of independent film study. This means outside of the team. This means like your own free time. You could be playing video games, but instead you're pulling out your iPad and you're looking up film for the upcoming week. And there are punishment mechanisms in place should he not have these four hours completed. And I read Ian Rappaport's share of that contract language specifically. Can't have another TV on. Can't be browsing the internet simultaneously. Uh, they're really spelling this one out for him. Got to be in bed by 930. Uh, really? No, you can't spend the night at your friend's house tonight. <laughs> what do you think uh, about this, Travis? Sure check in. I, th- I actually think it's going to be like most things on, on Twitter and get a little bit overblown, but I think it's good for both the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Dwayne McFarlane was asked today, because he's a big proponent for Kyler, 
in fantasy and he was asked today how it made him feel and he says there's actually arguably more upside with this because we've seen kyler improve as a passer every year and now if he's actually going to prepare could he actually be better than he was even more so so that's you know that's where we're at and maybe with a uh, a quarterback that could learn defenses and and scope them out maybe he's not going to get as hurt as much he doesn't take the wrong hits he doesn't you know, misread the defense and get in trouble. I don't know. There's, you know, a lot of that's narrative street, but I would think that some of that's in play. And the last thing I'll say here after I make my pick is I think that where you go, Bobby? I think that it's really funny to me that, you know, remember uh, Pat Mahomes first Super Bowl when he admitted that he doesn't really know how to read defenses yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody jumped all over Pat Mahomes. So I think it's a it's just a little bit. Like we're getting a little bit over. I mean, I'm with you. I think he should watch film, but I think we didn't do this to Pat Mahomes, and he puts ketchup on a steak and all that other stuff, and we think it's. Hold what's, the, if you're, what's the what's the Pat Mahomes quote? Uh, <laughs> just basically that he was just learning how to read defenses. Like he was just okay. learning at the Super Bowl to read defenses. Well, you're also leaving that, that out. Let's, I know he's not a quarterback. But let's not forget that nobody cared that Rob Gronkowski never watched film and never cared about anything when it came to playing. Yeah, he just went out there and did it because he was that good. How about him cheating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers workout videos during COVID? Just sending in uh, one with different shirts on each time. Yeah, that was. uh, I have no problem with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I feel you. I do want my quarterback to watch film and be smart. And but some of these guys are athletes, and it's going to come easy to them, and they need these habits trained. And if, you know, I saw I as a social experiment, I went and looked at these cardinal posts on Facebook, you know, when they were posting Kyler Murray with his pictures and his dog after he signed the contract. And all these people are just like, I hope he becomes a better leader. This guy sucks. Why do we give him this contract? Just a bunch of negativity. And I'm like, okay, well, here's a a sign of good faith by the ownership. They're like, hey, let's put something in the contract that says, hey, do some things well here. And I honestly think it's a good thing, like that they put it in here and it's a good thing that he signed it. He was willing to take the money with these parameters on it. And that's good all, all the way around in my opinion. So you mentioned a little bit on that one, Jake, but are you feeling similar to Travi on this with the contract clause for Kyler Murray or do you take a different direction? Mm, I basically, when I saw people talking about it today, I didn't even read it. I didn't care. <laughs> that's how much I cared about the, like the requirements and the, all this blah, 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 and the practices and stuff like that. I didn't care one lick. Kyler Murray's Kyler Murray. I, and that's and that's the part I'm concerned about. Um, I don't think that this specific piece on this one matters, but it does point to the concerns I think that we do have about Kyler Murray. And his lack of preparation has been documented, whether it be the New York Times or from his own performance against the Los Angeles Rams, having one of the worst interceptions in playoff history, I think, and or take a look at his record second half. This guy knows how good he is, and I think he gets a little bit complacent on that. And... Um, in the way that Lamar Jackson rocks around with a shirt that says nobody cares, work harder, I think uh, Kyler Murray's got a, a little bit more of a look at me and all I've done. And I hope, Travis, that you're right, and this is going to make him more prepared. And if yeah. that happens, and I think it could happen. I think he gets the support. I think he gets a little bit of the things he might have needed, and this might he might have just needed a little bit to get over that direction. But But if you're forcing somebody to do something that they should be doing. Yeah, and I'm know. with oh, you. And I, but it also, some so of the stuff glad. like... <laughs> Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was so I didn't want to take Ronald Jones. I was just really glad that somebody else took him. <laughs> you're going to take the guy. You're going to plug your nose and take because it felt like the right thing to do. Yeah, no, just because I was going for a third running back, so or a fourth okay. running back. So I didn't want to. Um, there we go. So oh, there we I'm go. Just glad somebody else did it. 
Williams. Yeah, it does. Feel like, the thing we so we just got I will done. say like what Jake said too though like Kyler Murray's Kyler Murray. So for fantasy purposes, it is what it is. Like we, yes, like, we'll just keep rocking with Kyler Murray because of the upside. Uh, I took him here because again I'm I'm with kind of with Dwayne on this. Like he's one of the few guys that could throw for five thousand and rush for a thousand, if if not one of the only ones. And I think that's something you should be. Uh, you know. he, he's still young. He's he he wants to be good. You know, it's not it's not like the Jamarcus Russell situation. You know, where where that happened. Like, I don't think Jamarcus Russell wanted to be good. Defense. I do think Kyler yeah. Murray does want to be good. Did uh, defense projects to be really bad? Like that could be really good for him. So. It could be so yeah. sweet. Kyler Murray, I think, has a real shot at being the number one overall quarterback. It's just going to come down to really to health. You know, on this one throughout the year, which allows him to play at full cylinders. Jake, I wanted to come when you got when you got the pick that was taken. The, the guy took it before you, and you're excited. One of my favorite takeaways: we coming off our 24-hour mock draft marathon, and we do it with a lot of great analysts and voices from around the fantasy football world. But my one of my favorite parts is always watching these guys, you know, who've been doing this for 20, 30, 40 years, whatever, be legitimately bummed when they get sniped in a mock draft. It's like, what are we even <laughs> doing here? Right? Like it's a fake game based on a game. And we're, we're, we're doing a practice round for the fake game based on a game. And we're still like, damn it, Albert, seven, two, one, nine, six. You sniped me. Like, it, I just love how much we love this shit. So good. I, I think somebody got mad about the fact that I took Matthew Stafford. So there you go. <laughs> that classic Mike. Well, no. Oh, yeah. And also Jake for stealing Stafford. Yeah, but they're they're pissed at Troy's auto-drafting here, whoever Troy with extra Yeah, Troy, get. Well, that's what happens. Oh, Troy and Nemo Trees. That's what you you got two quarterbacks and two tight ends. That's what happens when you get auto-drafted. That does. I know. I wish there was a way to adjust the settings because when you go and mock, like, without real bodies, like warm bodies in there, you get so many teams taking multiple quarterbacks, you can't really gauge what quarterback's going to be available. Right. Uh, in single quarterback leagues. Yeah, I'm looking like there's there's no way Tom Brady goes to the same team. There's no way Dak Prescott goes to the same team. Right. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm sitting here, Jake, on the clock, and, and I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I'm just going to bring myself some more upside, maybe some trade value because I'm not seeing anybody else that I'm in love with. But where do you stand right now on Trey Lance? <laughs> so if Stafford or went, Lance was my next one. So I keep saying this the entire thing and like. I drew comparisons to Trey Lance to Josh Allen coming out of college. Uh, very Ooh. easy, in my opinion, to make those comparisons. And I'm not saying for everybody out there, though, no, don't think he's potentially even going to be Josh Allen. But the similarities to their style, their deficiencies coming out of college, where they need to improve, is Trey Lance. But the reason I bring up Josh Allen is because people forget his second season. All I did was throw for 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. That's it. It was trash. But he finished at QB7 because he ran for 500-something yards and seven or eight touchdowns. Guess who's running more than that? Trey Lance. He only has to throw for 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns to finish as a top 10 tight end, or tight end, top 10 quarterback if he throws for 3,525 touchdowns and runs for 700 yards and seven, eight touchdowns. He's going to finish potentially inside the top five. It'll be ugly at times. But, yeah, I'm, Trey Lance is a top 10 quarterback for me this year. I like to take and you mentioned you were going to take him if Stafford wasn't there. My favorite one of my, one of my favorite quarterback selections, one, two in one of these mocks. I waited a little bit later on and was able to get Stafford and then Lance in those later rounds kind of here. And I personally really like doing something like that of, of covering Trey Lance's potential low floor with somebody who has a little bit of a higher one. And Matt Stafford to me, man, is my like 
most slept on quarterback coming into 2022. The dude was the number five overall quarterback last season in his first year in a new team with a whole new system. This is one more year with Grant. Yeah, right. One more year in that system, building that rapport with the overall game plan, building more rapport with his number one receiver who just had like the greatest receiving year of all time in Cooper Cup. And then Robert Woods was good, but I'm like an Allen Robinson skill set a little bit more coming in. Allen Robinson's still back there. Higby's still back there. Cam Akers is healthy. I think Matt Stafford's numbers, most of the logic points to them being even better. And again, he was the number five overall quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the, the downside is, of course, we know just we're talking about Trey Lance is how much hinges on having that kind of an arm year if yeah. you don't. So I think that's the downside. But again, I mean, that seems like we just saw the floor. So when I got wows on back to back picks, that's fun in my ear. It almost <laughs> sounds like something that I'm from Rick and Morty. It sounds like Mr. Yeah. Meeseeks almost. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mr. Meeseeks. Wow. <laughs> I'm Mr. So, Meeseeks. Look at me. We actually have a Mr. Meeseeks, Mr. Meeseeks in our Absolutely. one of our yeah, once in a while. Drafts us quite a bit. I was trying to see if he's in here. He's not. He's not really? in this one. But yeah. So <laughs> that's that's Stafford. But I think we're okay with Stafford. Honestly, if you know people are, are concerned, I'm, I feel safer with Stafford than I do with Tom Brady at this point in their careers. If I don't draft Matt Stafford, I get a similar feeling that I get at the end of the day when I don't think I've drinking enough water. I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't drinking like any water today. I'm like, I didn't get Matt Stafford. I wasn't responsible today. He just feels like the most like responsible pick. He's got a pretty high ceiling, a really high floor. He's going to do it again. And he's going so freaking cheap. Yeah, I yeah. Love, the, love the Irv Smith, by the way. Oh, thank yes. you. Yeah, I'm, I, if I'm going to wait on tight end, I like grabbing two with some upside. And Irv Smith, man, could be huge beneficiary, I think, from the. Kevin O'Connell edition. Um, but I was just going to say on the dual quarterback thing, especially like in the super flex modes, I know we're doing a uh, single QB here, but love going like Trey Lance or Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance or uh, Justin Fields as the first quarterback, one of those three. And then like getting, um, getting like Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr as the next one. Um, and then Stafford could be lumped in there too. But I just feel like those guys all have floors, nice floors, like the, the, the statue quarterbacks there, but should have big ceilings this year with all the different changing pieces. And yeah, again, another year for Matt Stafford. So those are some of the combos I've, I've liked to be going with. And another mock draft in the bag, along with whisper nation, Jake and big Travi, of course, well done 13 rounds down. No kickers. Of course did that for our guest. <laughs> and I had known that I should have, I wish I'd have known that I should have just put a bunch of kickers in here. Dual kicker <laughs> made this like a dual, a dual kicker. He'd kicker. never come back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bonus points for kickers, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Jake, we are done now. If you could, could you break down your team for us a little bit? Let us know how you think it rounded out anything you might've done differently and, and just overall how you feel about it. I actually feel pretty damn good about this team. Yeah. One that I wish I could play. Uh, you're going to tell me I get Drake London. Amari uh, Cooper is my two. Uh, London is my three. And, you know, Gibson's in my flex. Of course, T. Higgins being my nine. I don't have, like, that true alpha number one. But, you know, we just saw Higgins finish inside the top 15 and missing games last year. He was actually in mm -hmm. points per game. He was inside the wide receiver one conversation. In the second half but, of the season, oh my goodness, right? Yes, and that's the thing. As Barkley starts playing with the squeak toy, if you can hear that, because she's, she's pouting. She's like, you're not paying enough attention to me. Like, you're doing this mock draft. What are you doing? But it's anchored by Derrick Henry and Cam Akers. Really what it comes down to is I love my running backs. Even in a full-point PPR, we discussed at the top. Uh, I think I look at the value down the board, too. We didn't talk about Robert Woods. 
Woods, but and Robert Woods in the eighth round, who, if healthy, is part of their – so for two reasons, I was kind of down on Traylon Burks as a prospect. I like him. I just think he's going to be 2023 and beyond. I think he's another role one that people kind of overlook mm. his deficiencies. I love him as a player. I just think he's in the future. But forgetting that Robert Woods, if healthy, which every report has been that he's already 100% out there and already getting his reps in with mm. Tannehill – I think Woods as my four, Lazard we talked about, and then Jameson Williams, who even if he's not ready till the end of September, which by the way, there was, I'm not saying he's going to be this guy, but let's remember that Odell Beckham missed the first four weeks of his rookie season. And what did he do? He finishes a top 10 wide receiver. It can be done. I'm looking at Jameson Williams. If at any point, even if I have to wait six weeks, once he's on the field, should be a top 30, 35 wide receiver at worst. So I, I love how this team turned out. The Stafford pick is huge. I'm a little thin of running back. If Gibson goes down, I have two backups who need the person in front of him to get hurt and Herbert and Jim, uh, Jamal Williams. But overall, I, I really like this team. I probably would have taken a few more flyers at running back. The only difference I might have done looking back at the board is because of the Gibson concern and who is still there. Hey, I'm a Damian Harris guy. I wouldn't expect him to fall that far. If I knew I could swap, basically, if I could swap Gibson for like a DJ Moore or Pittman and then switch that out with the wide receiver situation like London for a Damian Harris, like that might be the only thing. But again, we always play that. You can't you can't know that during your draft. Mm -hmm. Mm. Well, well said. Well drafted. I really appreciate the Robert Woods points, too. I did take Traylon Burks. I do think he's got a good shot for opportunity, but the points you're making on Robert Woods, especially with the health, like this could, and if it goes the way that Robert Woods is trainers and he would like it to go, he's going to be the number one. Hell, the way the Titans would like it to go. If, if Robert Woods can be that dude who he's always been, then that's a great position. It's a, making me reconsider some points on this one. Real quick. <laughs> Drake London, then, is your favorite rookie wide receiver in redraft formats this yes. year. Is that true? Okay. Anyone yes. uh, anyone close to that? Any Chris Olave love? You mentioned Traylon Burks. That's a no for you. But anybody else coming close to Drake London, or does he stand apart? Jamison Williams would be close if he was out there for week one. Uh, okay. People downplay Jared Goff, and rightfully so from a real-life standpoint, but people also forget, and yes, it was a McVay okay. offense versus what we're looking at now, but three straight years of two wide receivers going 900 yards together and then 1,000 yards together and 1,100 yards together all three seasons. He can support two players. Uh, yes, Hawkinson's a little bit more in the mix, but if you look at what – if you go back – to those Rams and you look at who was left out, it was actually the tight end more than it was talented tight mm. ends. Not like, of course, a Hawkinson level, but I think Williams could do just fine with Jared golf if healthy, but because of that, and Drake London is definitively stepping in as the one slash two with Kyle Pitts, whether you want to say Pitts one, he's two or vice versa, uh, that it's volume. And I know it's Mariota, but Mariosa, he also had a top 20 wide receiver, Rashard Matthews, for people that remember him, the same year that Delaney Walker was a tight end one. So it's not like Mariota doesn't know how to play football. It's not mm -hmm. going to be Matt Ryan's Falcons situation, but London, 130 targets as a rookie. He's my number one. And I like the lobby before they signed Jarvis Landry, which I think one of you guys made the Landry pick. I like the Landry pick where he went. Yeah. And I like that one too. A follow up on those Rams receivers with Goff. They also had a year with three of them. You know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Brandon Cooks Brandon were all. Cooks. Yeah, all in the top. Yeah, Brandon 20. Cooks oh, like ten guess. games that year. What was that? Yeah, like, Brandon Cooks, but only, Brandon Cooks only had like ten games or something. Yeah, that year, right. But they, they st and they still all were okay. In I remember taking Brandon Cooks in that draft. Yep. And they had a pass catching running back too in Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. So like, it's mm -hmm. not like it can't be done in Detroit. I think that's another reason why I think DJ Shark pretty late, like last round, like we had tonight. I think that's another uh, good one to be invested on too. 
man, this is a good, this is some good points, good points to continue investing in. We've got a great community here that we love investing into. Freak Stomper, what's good, man? Classic Mike, of course, Ronald Calla joining the stream. Just want to give a quick shout out to all of those guys. Love you very much. So, Travis, I was hoping you could break down your team, and yeah. I'm going to do the same for mine. But while that's happening, Jake, we've got some folks in the chat hoping that you will be picking their team as eventually the winner. So here's what I'd like to do. While Travis breaking down his team, if you could okay. peruse the draft board and take a look at which team stands out to you the most, which one that you think deserves a, a, a toast the most, if you also think there's a squad on there that deserves a roast, we don't have to be shy on that. If there's an honorable mention too, we won't hold that back from you. Again, no limitations. But while Travis breaking okay. down his team, if you could just take a quick look at the board and let us know who stands out to you the most big travi do the people a favor and break down your squad how you feeling about it what would you have done differently yeah so i picked seven because i didn't want to pick exactly in the middle uh let some of whisper nation get the exact middle and i it ended up getting uh one of the big three wide receivers there um jamar chase because i've been drafting cup but i haven't drafted a ton of chase um finished out the wide receivers aj brown michael Pittman, also chris olave and jalen tolbert for a couple rookies uh in nine and eleven if we look at the running backs, that, that was the concern, right? I went pretty top-heavy at running backs, so how would they end up when Aaron Jones, Elijah Mitchell, Damian Harris, Tony Pollard, and then Isaiah Spiller? If we look at that, those rounds five through seven, you know, I, one thing I did come away from the mock draft marathon with, and maybe this was just Sig's optimism and my optimism, but I'm kind of buying the dip on Elijah Mitchell right now. I think just as far as an RB2, RB3 range for me, somebody that can put up points because uh, the other position should dominate. So – uh, between him, Damian Harris, who's a touchdown scorer, a volume guy, and then Tony Pollard for the upside, just should something happen to Zeke. And then Isaiah Spiller, the same with Austin Eckler. Uh, at quarterback, waited till the eighth, got Kyler Murray. Again, we talked about him being a potential for QB1 overall. And then just two tight ends at the end of the uh, draft. You know, Alberto, I think it, the play here is just touchdown upside with Alberto. I don't think that he's going to get a ton of volume in that offense, all those weapons, but with Russ, could probably score a decent amount of touchdowns if he's the guy. And then Irv Smith, just an athletic freak um, in, a, in an offense that should see an uptick in volume and aggressiveness. Um, so, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this draft. I think it came out with some big heavy hitters and, and some nice value. Travi, Peter Fadano wants to know, what about yeah, the other running back? He killed me last year as a pick. Is that concerning yeah. you? Well, I mean, yeah, it's got to concern you every year that there's different guys. But I think that Elijah Mitchell, it, nothing's been said that Elijah Mitchell won't get the opportunity to be the guy as long as he's healthy. So the biggest thing will be health. But what we've seen with these backs, even if he misses time, he's good at what he does. Like, so if he comes back from an injury after two weeks, he'll probably be the guy again. Um, and they'll probably play different roles, and they'll probably still both have, um, you know, profit on their ADP. You said two words in there. I'm going to jump in because you said health, and then you said roles. So two things is, first of all, the majority of Shanahan's career of Shanahanigans has been because of injuries. It's not like it's mm. mostly been like, oh, you're performing yeah. well. I'm just going to go to somebody else. So yeah. there has been a few. There has been a few, and that's when we got frustrated. But the majority has been because we just sat here last year. It's like everybody would, would Raheem Oster. Raheem Oster is going because, and then Raheem Oster gets hurt. And it's like, oh my God, Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson. And then Jeff Wilson gets hurt. And it's just like, we just played this game. So why all of a sudden are people like, oh, Elijah Mitchell, he's going to suck because we get screwed every single year? No. 
the only concern I really have about Elijah Mitchell, and I actually just talked about him today on Pat Mayo's show, so I'm fresh on this one, is Trey Lance. Is what is he yeah. going to take away from this backfield? And the biggest sure. thing is, is he going to be Josh Allen calling his own number and all of a sudden Elijah Mitchell? The roles is the concern because Shanahan loves his roles. Elijah Mitchell, you run the ball, even though you can catch balls, we don't use the you in that fashion. It's use chick and it's, you know, possibly Tyrion Davis Price and somebody like it's just not you. So the concern is if he doesn't see the passing game work and it's the goal line work gets sapped by Trey Lance and all of a sudden he only rushes for four touchdowns, that's a little bit of your concern. But where did you get him? You got him in the fifth round. In the fifth round for a lead running back. Like that's and Jake, on a, what did on a run heavy team. Here? What did he do last year? He seeded all those money touches to Debo anyways, but it doesn't matter because they run so much and the run Whoa. game is so good that they're going to get big plays. People go back and look and would be shocked to see this. Go look at week 10, 11, 12, 27, 21, 21, 20, 23, 27, 24. Like the carries were through the effing mm-hmm. roof. And yep. that's while Debo was doing Debo. Like he mm-hmm. scored three or four touchdowns in that stretch. No, it's not six or seven. But he was carrying the ball over 20 times per game while Debo was being Debo. Yep. Yep. That's uh, that's the big thing is like we want to – I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. Yep. I'm, we love this one. And, Jake, was there a team here that drafted alongside <laughs> of us that you have any words to share? Uh, so I did like your team, but I, I do like – Thank you. I do like – Travis more sorry I just uh we just talked about it I, I love the fact that you got Mitchell that I mentioned Damian Harris I love the value of Damian Harris uh, I, the fact is people are kind of rose color glassing what Stevenson did last year and forgetting it took over 20 carries in both of those games to do what Harris was already doing with a little bit of passing game work I understand that's another situation people are just so frustrated by that backfield but I think that when you have three wide receivers or your first four picks and you still get Jones Mitchell and Harris and then you have Pollard if something happens to Zeke I really like that team like I said I like your team as well uh, a shout out to there was one other team I'm trying to find it the the Jonathan Taylor Nick Chubb I like the start but I don't love the wide receivers even though I love the value with Renfro conflict um yeah I I, I do like where was it? There was one other team that I liked that wasn't. I'm trying to find it. I was just looking. I was like, yeah, hey, you know what? That's a good team. Nemo Trees. Well, he got auto drafted. That team stinks. Your top two, <laughs> your top two running backs are Cordero Patterson and James Cook. I, I, that's zero RB to a whole nother level right there. Um, like you stayed yeah, zero like, RB. The point of zero yeah. RBs is you find an RB down somewhere else. It's not actually no RBs. Yeah. Oh, it was it was actually Bro Cal's team because uh, Allen Robinson is your three. Holy crap. That, I, I love some Allen. I have Allen Robinson as a top 20 wide receiver. He's the number two yeah. for Matthew Stafford. We just sat here and complained for years that Allen Robinson never has a good quarterback. He now definitively has the best quarterback he ever had before. And you were able to get him as your three with Mike Evans and DJ Moore. Uh, I really like that team. And if Zeke, if I'm skeptical on Zeke, but if the reports about him playing less than 100% for most of the year last year are true, then... That team's going to be tough to beat. Well, here it is. Brocal 38 outside of the whispers here. Don Flick now. He's on the he's on the team now with us. So we get Brocal 38 as the winner of this yeah. week's mock draft, as selected by Jake Seeley here. Well done, sir. Jake, we are going to be jumping into the draft grades for the rest of Whisper Nation, but I know that you got to get it going here. So before you do go, can you let Whisper Nation know where they can find you, what they should be tuning into, and if you're working on anything that folks should keep an eye out for? Yeah, I mean, I tweet everything out at the athletic or at, at 
all in kid is the easiest way, which is at the athletic where all the articles are. I'm finishing up my series with quarterbacks this week on the stats that do and don't matter more. So the ones that don't for the perception out there that these matter for fantasy when they really don't. Uh, so that'll be finishing up. The draft gets already out uh, over on FTN is where I have my all in football podcast. But again, I, I mean, I tweet everything out. That's just the easiest way to find it. So, and that's where you can also find my, like a serial takes and t-shirts and talk about ducktails. Which I'm surprised you guys didn't know about the DuckTales part. I absolutely love it. I hadn't heard a ton of it yet. So, but yeah, I'll be on the lookout for that. I've I've literally just heard you on the athletic. So that's probably. Yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah. They don't get to. I don't have to get as much fun over there and talk about like. (laughs) Got to be buttoned up. DuckTales all over there. You you actually noticed uh, Austin actually noticed that I have Darkwing up here over on the side. So. Did I? All right. Well, you can come on our show, and we can get as duck and wild as you'd like. We can all we can we can dress like up that. as the whole gang on this duck, one. Yeah, like uh, yeah. Exactly. let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Jake, thank you so much again for blessing us with this hour, and we hope you're doing well. We'll see you around the other side. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jake. All right, Big Travi. Well, we gotta mm-hmm. chop it up here with the rest of the squad. Um. Uh, should we go ahead and start off with Troy's squad there in the number two? We got a little bit of a touch in there on Donnie's and the rest. So here, we'll start off with this one. I'll give it a rundown. We got Chris McCaffrey in the one-two spot. Leonard Fournette as his second running back in the third. He's not going to get another running back to McKissick there in the 13th. His tight end will be Mark Andrews. He paid for him there. And Gusecki as a backup in the 11th. He starts his wide receivers with Jerry Judy in the fourth round, following up with sixth through ninth round selections. Judy Smith-Schuster, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Watson, and Garrett Wilson out of New York. Mahomes is his quarterback. He picks him up in round five. He gets a backup with Tom Brady in the 10th. Uh, and I forgot to mention Jacoby Myers there, a little bit of wide receiver depth on top of it. Okay, so... Didn't get a wide receiver there until four, but then took a string of them. Travis, when you're looking at Troy's squad, how does it stand out to you? How are you feeling about it? And what ranking are you giving them? Oh, I think this one is probably, I, you know, I liked it through three rounds. I was really on it. Like I thought, okay, this is actually a real sex team. It's got a lot of upside in my opinion, but I think he kind of was a huge detriment to himself with the wide receivers. Obviously it was auto-drafted. So that that'll help (laughs) Um, as, as my classic Mike points out, but Jerry Judy, I'm on Sutton over Judy. I think Judy could be good, but there might be a situation where Judy's on, on the, not on the field full time because Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton are outside. So that's something that we got to look at in the formations. Juju Smith Schuster. I mean, we all know the downside to Juju. Like it just, could just not be there. DeAndre Hopkins, we know the downside too, out for six games. Watson started on the pup and is a rookie. Garrett Wilson, like Elijah Moore could be the alpha there. He showed us he was really good last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacoby's probably his best wide receiver. He's probably the one I like the most, you know? Yeah. And got him in the 12th, so that's just kind of where I'm at. And for that reason, I think he's on the outside looking in. I think the wide receivers are just going to be too hard. You're not going to know which one to start when. You might not have them to start when you need them. And you're starting three of them in this format. So that's it's a little bit tough. Uh, I'm with you. And there's some concerns to all the running backs that he's got rostered to. So I think that's a fair squad. Going over now to Albert, drafted in the four spot. Justin Jefferson, first wide receiver off the board. He pairs CeeDee Lamb up with him in the second. Mike Williams with him in the fourth. And Darnell Mooney in the 
sixth with Johan Dotson. Last receiver selected there in the 11th. He starts his running backs off with James Conner selected in the third round. Josh Jacobs in the fifth. Ken Walker in the seventh. Ronald Jones in the 10th with Kenneth Gainwell in the 12th. And Daryl Williams in the 13th round. Jalen Hurts is his quarterback selected round eight with Zach Ertz, his tight end selected round nine. I kind of like this squad, Travi. Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb. Love that as a wide receiver core. James Conner, Josh Jacobs, Ken Walker, Ronald Jones. Like, it's not a huge strength, but I don't know if it's going to be a hole on your team. I don't think it is. And if a few things shake out, you could actually have some nice running back situations on your hands. Jalen Ertz, we've said a lot about the man. We're excited about the upside he brings. Zach Ertz looks to be in a good position, too. How do you feel about Albert squad, Travi. I think it's firmly a playoff team. I don't necessarily love Darnell Mooney, but as my fourth wide receiver, I'll take that all day. I don't necessarily love Josh Jacobs, but I think what you did at running back was kind of solidify a contingency plan. Ken Walker, Ronald Jones, Gainwell, Daryl Williams, all those guys I think are you know, could slot right in if Jacobs isn't what we think he could be as a firm RB2 with upside. And again, I, I wanted to be clear. I like Josh Jacobs as a running back. But in fantasy, in this offense with Josh McDaniels coming in, like I don't know what's going to happen, and I can't project that. Now you got him at good value, though. I think in the fifth round, and so again, I think it's a firm playoff team. You know what? You're, uh, I, I like the upside of Ert, uh, Hertz, and I like the floor of Ertz. So I think that you know is right there, and this could easily be like Austin. I think you kind of alluded to it when you said th- if some things go your way, it could easily be a contender. Um, if Connor is what he was last year, mm-hmm. Jacobs is just firmly the starting running back and gets the work, then I think this team's right there. Yeah, I think to be a true contender team, you either need something weird to happen in the draft where you benefit from or something weird to happen during the season that your squad ends up leveling up from as well. It's almost like an in-the-park home run in baseball. The only way an in-the-park home run usually happens is if something weird goes down. It bounces off the wall and takes a really strange angle and the outfielder's got to make an extra run to go pick it up. So it's like this, this team is almost like it was really logically drafted. I don't see any like dumb picks or anything like that. So uh, I'm right there with you in the playoffs. And of course, the upside that comes along with it. Well done, Albert. Brocal was the winner. We're moving over to Pizza Belly now. Winner by selected by Jake Seeley. That was really fun to have him on the show. Yeah, that was was cool. Jake's a good guy. Uh, Dalvin Cook there in the the sixth overall spot. You get David Montgomery in the fourth to be your number two. Sanders as your third in the sixth. Alexander Madison as a handcuff round 10. Debo Samuel, you selected in the second round with Brandon Cooks in the fifth, Diavonta Smith in the seventh, Chase Claypool in the ninth, Rondell Moore in the 11th. That makes up your wide receivers. Quarterback is Josh Allen. You got him in the third. And Dallas Godert is your tight end one. You got him in the eighth. Pat Fryermuth is a backup there for you, selected in the 12th. Outside of that Miles Sanders pick, I don't see much I don't like on here, Travi. What about you? Yeah, I do think that by taking Josh Allen now, I almost took Josh Allen. If, if you wouldn't have Pizza Belly, I would have had a decision because I haven't seen Allen go this kind of late um, in in a lot of drafts. So I know it's, that's sounding weird because we tinda, tend to want to go late quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I think you kind of paid for it a little bit. If you look at the, the, the roster build here, I could be talked into Montgomery. So I guess you're probably fine only starting the two running backs, but it's really the wide receivers. I like Smith. There is a world where what, A.J. Brown's addition is good for Devonta Smith, but it's still there's some question marks in a low-volume passing attack. Chase Claypool, mm-hmm. big question marks there. Rondell Moore, like Rondell Moore could be useless 
even yeah. if uh, DeAndre Hopkins comes back and or doesn't come back for six games, like even in that span, we're a drafting of Rondell Moore is a projection that Cliff Kingsbury's actually actually going to use him in the slot. We don't know that. That's yeah. that's just us trying to like hypothetically we don't know. say that. We have know. no idea. I don't think anybody really does. I don't so, think anyone does. Uh, that's where I'm at with that. You took Pat Fryermuth. Like I like the value of Goddard, but then you took Pat Fryermuth. Like might as well take some more stabs at running back and wide receiver, a second quarterback here too. I just think in a single quarterback league with Josh Allen, that that was a wasted roster spot. I think bro, we got Baker, bro. Yeah, I know. John, good thing Johnny's not here. We'd be hearing all, all about it. But um, I love you, Johnny. I miss you. I wish you were here. Uh, but I, I think, you know, when I look at this team, it doesn't do it for me. The guys that he took that I think I could try and argue for, like David Montgomery and Brandon Cooks, they're not guys I'm taking a lot of. They're not guys I'm taking stands on this year. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think it's a bubble team. Mm. Uh, I, I don't. I don't really love it. Debo Samuel, another one that like has some concerns for me. I think he's a dog, but is there going to be enough volume? You know, Ayuk flash down the stretch. Does that mean you know less targets for Brent, uh, Debo this year? Does Trey even like Debo as the alpha? Like, there's a lot of things to be said that uh, could happen here. Fair questions. I, I'm a little higher on it than you are. I've got this team in the playoffs. I th- I almost say he went with a three elite strategy to t- top it off. Dalvin Cook, yeah. Debo Samuel, Josh Allen. So if you got the three elites, that's obviously a sexy top half. What I look at next is did you create any problems for yourself? Maybe with a couple of the points, like Devonta, the, the Eagles are the concern for me here, and the Miles yeah, Sanders over uh, investment in the Eagles a little bit. He too. said he doesn't. He said not to draft him, and I took that one to heart. Miles Sanders, like it's all logically sound of Miles Sanders scoring points, but again, if your halfback doesn't catch passes and doesn't score touchdowns, what are they really going to do? And Miles Sanders sounded just so disappointed in that interview when he discussed his own fantasy viability. Devonta Smith, Travis, you mentioned him there, but outside of that, you know, like. So we talk about those three elites, and then David Montgomery is your RB2. I don't hate it. I think he's like almost like the definition of an RB2 for you. Brandon Cook, same thing kind of for a wide receiver, too. I'd like him better as my wide receiver three, but I don't have any problem with that, with Brandon Cooks being a startable piece for me. Um, and so then and then it's Godert, which I think is cool, and then it's kind of like Chase Claypool or Devonta Smith. I hope one pops. Um, I like the protection in Madison. Yeah, I just don't think he got super cute down the way, which I think is decent to build with a three elite type strategy yeah we will see moving over to Niter in the eighth position he takes cooper cup and then stefan diggs and keenan allen to follow three wide receivers in the first three rounds travis Etienne is his rb1 he gets him in the fourth round jk dobbins in round five devin singletary round seven ramondre stevenson round eight rashad white round 10 brandon ingram round 13 mark ingram Brandon Ingram switched switch sports, man. He's out there. Man, could you imagine Brandon Ingram at tight end, dude? Long uh, arms. Go up and get tackled, bro. I oh, so. dead. Gone. Yeah. He's now two players cut in half. Like, or so. <laughs> Darren yeah. Waller is his tight end. He takes in round six. And he doesn't get a quarterback until round 11. That's Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr backing up in round 12. Man, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the whole quarterback pool, we, we, we paused on them, but to get Aaron Rodgers here in round 11 is if he's just a, a, a just like a, a backup guy. Good for you. I like that. I think that's a good pick here. But I'm digressing. Travis, how do you think Niter did here overall? What would you rank him? I think this team's in the playoffs. I thought mm-hmm. I thought he got great value. First of all, cup and digs combo. I think I don't I don't know if I've seen that. Like in a PPR, like I don't know, like because usually digs is going a little bit further towards the top of the of the second. 
So to get Cup and then Diggs, I thought really is what makes your team kind of a surefire playoff team. Then Allen is your third wide receiver. That's where I'm comfortable taking Allen. If the decline's real, if he's, you know, getting up there in age, I like him as my third wide receiver. Then Darren Waller in the sixth, man, I thought that was huge value there to get him there. I've seen, you know, him going consistently ahead of Kittle, and he didn't in this draft, which is a little strange. So that's something to take a look at. And then with the running backs, you only got to start two, but boy, do you have some sexy upside running backs here to cycle through. ETN, mm. Dobbins, Ramondre Stevenson, Rashad White. I love all those guys as potential like league winner types this year. And then you've got Devin Singletary, I think, which is a solid pick, especially with the value that you got him in. And then Mark Ingram uh, in the 13th for what the hell. What, let's say something happens to Alvin Kamara. Um, both quarterbacks, I think that's what you do if you, if you can in these single quarterback leagues. Take some of these guys that have, even if they are statues, that have upside. Rodgers is so efficient, so... What if running the ball makes him even more efficient? He's like a rich man's Russell Wilson, so to speak. Uh, Derek Carr, again, if this offense hits on all cylinders, it's going to be good. They have three dogs on, as pass catchers on offense. So, again, I just think that this team's firmly in the playoffs with some big upside if one of those RBs hits league winner style. Yeah, I'm in the playoffs, too. I think you touched on all the primo points there. Moving over, then, to our boy, and classic it- Mike. Let's see if he was able to pull it off again. He gets Austin Eckler in the ninth round with Javante Williams in the second or pick overall number nine, not in the ninth round. Is that what I said? Spot nine, Austin Eckler, Javante Williams in the second round. Brees Hall in the third. He goes running back robust. I like the three he went with. Even if people would say you did went a little early on Javante Williams, factoring that in with all these three. I think it looks, I think it looks all right. Cortland Sutton is your first wide receiver. You got him in round four, and then you went on a bit of run at the wide receiver position. Adam Thielen in round five, Gabe Davis round six, Elijah Moore right after that. He gets the other Broncos running back in Melvin Gordon round eight. Uh, Let's keep it going with the running backs here. James Robinson announced today he's not going to start on the pup round 10. I know. Uh, Kirk Cousins is his quarterback round 11. Cole Komet round 12. Forgot to mention DJ Chark, I think, in round 13. Okay. All right. If you like Cousins, if you don't like Cousins, you might look at these squads two different ways. But Travis, I know you do like Cousins. How do you think Classic Mike did this time? Yeah, again, like I want to believe in Cousins too. I would have preferred you go maybe one more quarterback. But I mean, hell, let's have some conviction. I think it's a contender. If it's not, it's a borderline contender in the Mm -hmm. playoffs because the running backs are not only good – they're guys that can absolutely pop. We've seen Eckler score 20 touchdowns last year. We know Javante's really fucking good. We know Brees Hall is really fucking good. They just have to get the opportunity. Uh, the wide receivers I love, like Thielen, I probably am not going to draft a ton of Thielen this year, but if, if he's healthy on the field and you have Kirk Cousins, Kirk is going to throw him a lot of touchdowns. That's just what he does. He likes him in the red zone. Um, and we've got Gabe Davis, who's got huge upside. Elijah Moore. Like I think people need to be drafting a lot more of Elijah Moore. Um, Melvin Gordon there too. Like there might be weeks you start Melvin Gordon and Javante just based on how good that offense can be. Mm-hmm. And then the James Robinson pick, like it's a timely pick for today. But like today, if you're asking me, I'm like, I feel a lot better than when we did the marathon about John James Robinson. So that's it's just, just kind of where yeah. I'm at. I don't love Cole Komet, but you got him in the 12th. Like that's where you get. So I think this team's firmly in the playoffs. I have the trust in Classic Mike to get it done and, and get do the work. But, yeah, I really like this team. Yeah, I do too. I think you hit all the major points. My only preference, again, too, would have been with you to get another quarterback, maybe someone who brings a little bit more upside yeah, get, or something, a little bit more Lance to the table. There, 
then go car the next yeah, round. Yeah, like, exactly. Something like that. Like a land in that yeah. spot. Rogers taken right before you. Um, it's crazy that Russell Wilson didn't go till round 10. You know, it's we're going to talk about here. Jordo's Classic in second. Mike, he says, uh, and I missed Gusecki. Well, it's a good <laughs> thing you did because I probably would have downgraded your team if you had gotten him instead. So, big Gusecki Johnny, fan. Johnny's no, not and him and Johnny enjoyed that. Johnny's not on this show to be uh, pi- piping up your uh, Gusecki pick. And he was with yeah. us over the marathon. Right. Classic Mike and Ross Farn and I got to tear it up. And yeah, him and Johnny That's got awesome. to. And you know, he did. He did make some good points actually about the positive regression at the touchdown spot. Because I was really pressing, like, yo, his targets aren't going up. His yards probably aren't going up. Can make a case they might be coming down, given his targets were like stupid high. But uh, you know, you had uh, you had the only like two touchdowns the whole time. So uh, my only problem again with that is just like yeah, every but the environment's totally changed now. They were so pass happy last year because they like that that was the style of the offense and that's what they had to do. I don't know that that's going to be the case this year with Mike McDaniel. I think they'll throw, they'll slow it down. He loves the run game. They're going to run a ton, but injuries could change that. We saw Baltimore. You know, Baltimore wanted to run a ton last year. Injuries could change that, especially at the running back position. And it's not like they have a bunch of healthy, uh, consistently healthy RBs. So we'll see. Moving over here to Jordo in the 10 spot, takes Joe Mixon with his first pick. He gets his second running back, Clyde Edwards Alaire, down in the fifth. Chase Edmonds in the seventh, Michael Carter in the ninth. Travis Kelsey is his second-round pick, tight end for the Chiefs. Gets his first wide receiver, Deontay Johnson, in the third. Jalen Waddell in the fourth. Amon Ross St. Brown in the sixth. Brandon Ayuk in the eighth. Tim Patrick in the 11th with Kenny Galladay as his last wide receiver in round 12. Russell Wilson is his quarterback round 10. That's some tremendous value with Justin Fields and a quarterback two for him last round, round 13. Okay. I'm gonna, I like I'm gonna flip on you. Yeah, you, you tell me. You tell me about this team. What do you think? It's in the playoffs. Like I, I'm, it's. I, I'm not. I don't think I'm going championship contender. I'm not going that far because I got concerns about your RB two, Clyde edwards alaire Chase Edmonds, Michael Carter. One of those three will be your RB two. We all hope it's Clyde edwards alaire but there's a world where it's not. We just got to be honest about that. Um. Deontay Johnson is your wide receiver one. I honestly don't love it. I like it. I don't, I don't hate it. I'm not going to say Deontay Johnson's production was exclusively tied to Ben Roethlisberger's play style, but I do think he didn't, it didn't hurt him. And I, and I'm, I'm just not sold on Deontay Johnson, say having like a better year through natural development than we might otherwise for a um, 26 year old receiver uh, going into year four. Um, but I like Waddle and I like him on Ross St. Brown and I like Brandon Ayuk and I like Tim Patrick and I even like Kenny Galladay as a flyer. They paid him a ton of money who was still recovering from some major issues who had a plague book that was just a mess. So I actually like the wide receivers after your number one in Deontay Johnson. I don't hate Deontay Johnson. So, um, but I do still have some question marks and the, you know, you're obviously really solid at quarterback. You're really solid at tight end. Um, but some of those other pieces there, top of the wide receiver core and back after uh, Joe Mixon at running back. So I got you in the playoffs, strongly in the playoffs, but I stopped there. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you in the playoffs. I, w- I kind of wish Scott was still watching here. You could say that this team wears Crocs and it's not like Austin in Crocs. It's like like just the tourist in Crocs and the tourists like going around Disney World. in Because I think that these like wide receivers I like, but they're definitely like the PPR vanilla, like be, like the middle team in the league. Like he's going to make the playoffs. I don't think he's in, he's pretty an easy out. You're going to get consistent work out of these guys, but you have no like 
true alpha number one wide receiver um, in my mind, you know, that one that can just be the top five at his position. I don't think any of these guys can get that, get that where, or get that way. And then, yeah, I, I think um, Joe Mixon, there's some questions if he's going to have the passing game game role. Travis Kelsey, I love, but could be getting older a little bit. Um, and then you, you already touched on the RB twos. Yeah. But solid team in the playoffs for sure. Mm-hmm. Moving over to our last squad of the day, Nemo Torres and the 11 spot takes the Las Vegas Raider wide receiver Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill in the second. Ooh, this is fun. You're playing the like migration squad. I like it. Chris Godwin in the fifth, Michael Thomas in the sixth, Michael Gallup in the 11th, Tyler Boyd in the 12th. I know a lot of this squad did ended up getting auto drafted and a lot more of it is making sense to me here too, because we've got a lot of guys who, Hey, positive reports about Chris Godwin. Um, Michael Thomas, I don't think has had a positive, a truly positive report in years, but uh, we keep getting reports. So we're paying attention. Uh, Michael Gallup, he's, you know, he's, he's recovering as well. Uh, but enough about the wide receivers. He gets Kyle Pitts there in the third, like that. Justin Herbert in the fourth. Good as well. Prescott is your second quarterback down there in round nine. That's fun. Uh, he doesn't get a running back, though, as Jake had mentioned, until Cordero Patterson in round seven. Jared Cook, James Cook, uh, Dalvin Cook's brother in round eight. And his Gus Edwards pick is in round 13. So some definite question marks about the running back position. You need a couple of things to break your way for those to have impact throughout the season. Top heavy team with some question marks. I see. Um, I'm putting this team on the playoff or on the bubble. You know, Cordero Patterson kicks ass and cook, you know, is the new Alvin Kamara. You know, you're, you're, you're crushing this year. But uh, that's those are some pretty big ifs for me. Not out of the question, but not in not not a huge chance of happening. What do you? I'm I'm gonna this, say like this feels like one of those teams that would make you hate fantasy football because it would yeah. just like it would like the things would break right for it, you know, and then it would beat you and knock you out of the playoffs. Because like Cook, yes, I I don't agree with doing this at running back. Like, but but Cook could have a role as a pass catcher right off the bat and be enough as an RB2 and PPR to like piss you off when it beats you, you know? And yeah. then if like God and Thomas come back with Herbert Pitts, Hill and Adams, like you're like, fuck dude, how do I beat this team? Um, but again, it's like hot, huge ceiling, low floor. It's a bubble team for now, but a couple weeks could be just a juggernaut. Yeah. I feel on that one too. Pizza Belly asks, are you doing any more best ball drafts? Got $9 to spend. Not this week, Pizza Belly, but more best ball drafts here soon. We'll be sure to let you know. And Travis, man, we got another 25th mock draft here in yeah. like 26 hours, it feels like. Well, just you know, rolling through Sunday, you know? Then it would have been all right. would have been all right. Uh, no, this, this been a happy great. This, uh, this was a, an absolute blast. Um, to Pizza Belly's point, we are going to bring Hayden Winks from Underdog on the show on Thursday. So not sure if we're going to do a draft, but we'll definitely be talking Underdog or Bus Ball Strategy regardless uh, with our guy Hayden. And he's just a, one of those spreadsheet savants. So we'll be getting into some really good data with him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I just have to say I'm filled with immense gratitude, man, for Whisper Nation and the guests that we've brought on recently. Not just the Mock Draft Marathon, but Jake Tonight and, and the other shows that we do. I mean, it, it it is flabbergasting how, you know, fun it is to do what we do, Austin. We get to come on here with our best friends and talk about football, talk about fantasy football, a game that we enjoy thoroughly, maybe too much. Uh, and we get to talk about it and enjoy ourselves and, uh, 
you know, we get we get these awesome dating sites up here to just <laughs> We're really. Play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, damn! Uh, I mean, neither of us are single. Maybe somebody in Whisper Nation you wanted to get in on that. But, Best uh, adult dating site in the game. Yeah, apparently it was it was blocked though. So. Sorry about uh, that. It's not available anymore. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, but yeah, just incredibly grateful. Thanks for ruining my moment, love chat. Uh, no, but uh, uh, just extremely grateful to do what we're doing. We love everybody. Classic Mike, Pizza Belly, Albert, Ronald, Scott. You know everybody that drafted with us tonight. Big shout out to Donnie, who's on, on the team now with TFW, just rocking and rolling. We're gonna get that kid to the moon uh, in this industry, and uh, it's just uh, it's just a blessing, man. I'm blessed to be here with you blessed to be here with you and the best community in the world here with whisper nation thanks again for being here with us thanks again for all the questions and all of the good times well that's it i'm austin sear that's big travi what's up johnny love you miss you we're the fantasy whispers we're out peace, peace. right here hey do you like mock drafts we do too you can come back every monday and mock with us Check out one of these videos and make sure you're liked and subscribed.